y'all. Welcome back to the Joy and Infertility podcast. Or if this is your first time listening, we are so glad that you're here. I'm your host, Kaylee Porter, and this is a place where we can link arms together as we are finding joy, even in infertility. Today, I'm back with a brand new episode and a brand new guest, Amanda Jazz. One of the top three topics you guys request is unexplained infertility. It's such a hard concept to process. You're telling me there is no reason at all why this isn't working. There's no clear next step. Amanda and her husband face these same questions and more. And Amanda is an encourager at heart and her joy and passion will inspire you to wait well. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Amanda Jazz. Well, Amanda, welcome to the Joy and Infertility podcast. I'm so glad you're on with us today. Thank you so much, Kaylee. I'm so excited to be here with you. So tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, so um, I am married. My husband, Brian, and I got married in 2011. Um, we met in college up here in Minnesota. He's from um, from here, this area as well. And yeah, met, dated for a while, got married in 2011, and uh, then started trying for kiddos in uh, spring of 2013. And without getting into our whole story yet, I will say that we do now have um, three children. So uh, they're ages four, two and a half, and then we have a one-year-old, all three girls. They're so cute too. I just, I was stalking your Instagram the other day and y'all are just the cutest little family. Oh, thank you. They're so sweet. They're so fun and just such a blessing. Yeah. Awesome. So you hinted at us, but walk us through kind of that, that journey of how you got those three cute little girls. Yeah. So uh, after we'd been married about a year and a half, um, so spring of 2013, we decided to start trying for kids. Uh, didn't have any reason to think that we would have problems. But then, um, like many people, our story, um, many people's stories, we started trying and it was just month after month of of nothing, uh, negative test after negative test. I'm like, all right, what's going on here? So um, that first whole whole year, I mean, that was a tough year. I'd actually lost my dad um, uh, a little less than a year before we started trying. So there's a lot of grieving him still happening. And um, that was really tough. And then going into the infertility, it was um, for sure a challenging year um, and just kind of felt very alone. We shared with some close family members and close friends pretty early on that we were trying and and what we were going through, um, but hadn't told a lot of people um, in that first year. Um, and again, yeah, just felt alone. So many of our friends were having babies at that same time that we were trying. And so just seeing all the pregnancy announcements and hearing from friends and, and yet we were still um, there waiting, but kept praying through it and trusting God through it, although it was a challenging year. Um, so at about a year, that's kind of when things started to shift, I would say, in our uh, infertility journey. So um, at that point, we had uh, different testing done. We were unexplained. So everything kept coming back as everything looks good, and uh, which not that we wanted anything to be wrong necessarily, but it's like, all right, we still don't don't know what's going on. Um, so unexplained infertility was our uh, like official 
diagnosis. And um, at that point, too, is when we started sharing with a lot more people, um, including kind of widening the circle of friends who knew and family knew. So a lot of people knew. And that uh, that really helped me start to feel a little bit less alone. We And then with sharing with more people, you hear about, oh, some people, it's, well, we struggled with that a little bit, or we know these different people that are struggling or have struggled with it. So it kind of helped that loneliness, um, just sharing that. Yeah. And, um, and then after about another six months of, of trying, um, with no interventions or anything, we met with a fertility specialist. We were going to, um, jump in and start doing, um, start with our first IUI. And before that, I reached out to a gal who I found online. I found her blog online. And I know you know her and have interviewed her on here, Chelsea Ritchie. The one that gave me your name. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing. Oh, man, just such a light to the infertility community. But yeah, so I found her uh, kind of randomly, I think, um, online, found her blog, reached out uh, just with a few questions via email with approaching our first IUI and, and things. And then, um, she emailed back. We realized, uh, we both went to the same church and lived pretty close to each other. What? And, yeah. You just knew her online. You didn't even know she went to your church. Yeah, no, I found her and I'd heard that there was oh, somebody wow. who went to my church too, but I didn't realize, like, I didn't connect all the dots. I was like, me, I what don't know. World. Yeah, I know. So, um, so yeah, but yeah, when I first found her, it was just like, wow, this gal is really great. And then, yeah, I realized some of those things um, as we were talking, all these different things we had in common. And she's like, well, hey, let's get together for coffee. And I was like, what? That would be amazing. Um, so she was just so kind in um, kind of taking me under her wing and sharing her wisdom with me. Uh, got together. She introduced me to an online infertility community through Instagram. And um, it's like this whole amazing infertility ministry that's on there in this community that's that's a part of it. Um, and I think you're active on Instagram too, or I know you are. And mm-hmm. yeah, so you you're aware of that as well. It's it's pretty cool um, the ways that social media, of course, has its challenges too. But the ways that we can use that for good is yeah, really sure. yeah, it's really neat. So she introduced me to um, some. Uh, women on there. And I was just so encouraged. And it was like, yeah, it was like all of a sudden hearing all these women who um, were going through the same kinds of things, experiencing the same kinds of emotions that I was, then celebrating with people as they um, had successful treatments or, you know, being supporting those who who, um, had treatments that weren't successful or were still trying. It was just, it was really, um, really a special thing and really cool to be a part of this online community where you really feel like you're starting to get to know these women and praying for each other. Um, so, so that was like the start of our IUIs. We ended up having three, um, failed IUIs and, mm. uh, which was hard. You know, each one was really disappointing, of course, but, um, leaned on this infertility community, our friends, our family, and of course, Jesus, most of all, um, leaned on him through that, continued to pray. Faith was continuing to grow stronger um, through this time. And then we decided to move on to IVF. 
uh, after the three failed IUIs and uh, took a few months off, a few month break, which we felt good about, um, and then went into our IVF cycle. And we ended up um, getting one embryo. And I remember when I got the call because they thought usually the goal is to get at least a few. And that's what we were thinking. We would at least get a few. And they were kind of prepping me for maybe even some more than that. Um, They're definitely – so just thinking, yeah, maybe we'll have like three or four. And um, that would be great. And, yeah, just having one. So there was a a few minutes or a couple hours maybe of – of some disappointment, but then literally putting all of your eggs in one basket. In one basket, yes. And it's like, but you know what? It just takes one. And I felt God just give me a sense of peace in my heart. He's like, I've got this. And it's like, I didn't know, of course, like what would what would happen, what would re- result with that one embryo. But it's like, you know what, God, you've gotten us through to this point, And I know you can get us through with whatever happens here. So we are going to be excited about our one little embryo, our little M baby, and just um, pray for this little embryo. And so we did a three-day transfer since we only had the one. We were planning to do a five-day, but did a three-day um, just to get that little embryo. Can you explain that a little bit? That's the first time I've heard that. Oh, yeah. So um, typically with IVF, uh, so we were planning to do a fresh transfer because you can, with embryos, you can freeze them too. Mm-hmm. Um, so our plan all along was to do a fresh transfer and then freeze if we had additional embryos, um, right. but to do, so we were going to transfer at five days because usually they'll let the embryos, um, it, it, they'll grow for five days. Uh, okay. cause, and then they can see, cause some will stop after like three or four days or kind of slow down or things like that. Um, when there's a lot of them, so then they can, they can just, they know more, I think about them can see more, which ones are growing, which ones are more likely to, um, like they grade them and it's all gets very complicated. It really is. It it was like, man, it took so much prayer and just leaning on God for like answers and all that through this, like my goodness. But, um, so we were planning to, yes, do a five day transfer and then went, since we just had the one embryo, like they're like, well, uh, let's get that one embryo in there because they can, they usually do fare better. Um, oh, inside, okay. So, so just, it's less growing outside, more growing inside. Yes. But since it was the only one, they were like, let's just let's put it in there. So it has a better it. chance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. Yes. So, yep. So did a three day transfer and then found out, um, a couple weeks later, week and a half later or so that we were pregnant. And the first time, yeah, first time we had ever seen those like two pink lines and um, mm. it was amazing. So we tested before we uh, heard from the clinic too. So we had an idea, yeah. but yeah, so we, and we were thrilled. <laughs> I mean, we were so happy um, and like shocked in a way too, because you just get used to kind of that disappointment and there's some protection there, yet you still want to be hopeful and joyful. So finding that balance throughout our whole journey, it's, it's challenging, but we were, we were so excited and that's our now four-year-old girl. (laughs) Wow. And so your other two, what were, what were they? Yes. Were they so, little surprise miracles? They were. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> so number two. So again, we only had the one embryo and we're like, well, we don't know what God has in store. We know people a lot of times after having one, um, will 
have babies naturally. Um, we didn't know if that would be us. We just went to us. We're, all right, we're just going to trust, continue to trust God here. Um, but yes, we, so with our um, second, we got pregnant the very first month that we tried. <laughs> Oh, wow. For her. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we found out it was like um, our first daughter was um, not even quite one around, she was around 11 months when we found out we were pregnant with our second. And then with our third daughter, um, we actually got pregnant even a little before we started trying for her. So. Wow. Yeah. So you're just fertile myrtle now. I, I know now we're like, all right, let's, we need to be extra careful. So no. Oh, wow. That, that is pretty, I feel like, I feel like we're told that I was told that a lot, like, oh, your second one's just going to happen so easily now because you were pregnant with the verse. But I, those stories seem more rare to me than what, than what they were, than, than what they were made out to be that for with between our first and our second. So I feel like that's just pretty miraculous that you were able to go from unexplained infertility, gosh, IUIs, they didn't even work. And then IVF and then now just bang, bang, bang. Like you're, that's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. We're, we're so thankful and yeah. Love those little girls so much and just, yeah. Amazed at how, yeah, just trusting God and how he has the greatest plan that we couldn't understand and couldn't foresee what he had in store, but we're mm-hmm. yeah, so thankful. Mm-hmm. So going back to your, before your first, your diagnosis of unexplained infertility, there's, I've been asking our listeners a lot of questions of what do they want to hear more about? And that's one of the top topics is infertility or unexplained infertility. And I think it's probably just because it's so unexplained. Yeah. <laughs> there's just, there's no rhyme or reason and it's very confusing. And at least if you get a diagnosis, there's a plan of action that you can put into place. But with this, there's not. So how did you process that? How are you and your husband? How did y'all handle that? Yeah, it was a lot of, I mean, we definitely had a lot of conversations about it and, um, I would look at things online, research things like, Hmm, could this be a factor and this be a factor? Cause a lot of times I'll say with unexplained, maybe it's just this combination of a lot of really like little minor factors that sort of add up to, um, not, not conceiving. Um, but yeah, ultimately though, you know, we ask questions, ask the um, fertility uh, doctors questions, but it really, we just had to trust, trust God. And we don't understand, we don't know what's going on, <laughs> um, but it, it was challenging. So like I said, it's not that we necessarily like, wanted something, but right, if you know, like, all right, here's this diagnosis and here's what we do to treat that. But there are, oh man, I can't remember the percent now. Um, but I remember at the time seeing like the percent of, of people, and it's pretty high, um, people that are unexplained after they do all their testing and things. Um, and so it's not, so, so the, so our, um, reproductive endocrinologists and things, it's not that they, hadn't dealt with that or anything. They had right. dealt with that many, many times. So, so yes, maybe it wasn't as directive as, a, as a, of an approach as if you did have a specific, um, like, all right, here's what's going on and here's what we do. But even with some of those different things, whether it's like PCOS or endometriosis or male infertility, 
um, a lot of times you still are trying multiple different things to get yeah, there. So, yeah. um, so that's kind of what it seemed like it was within with the unexplained too. It's like, well, here's some things we can do. So like for us, we never did any medicated cycles without, um, oh. without doing an IUI too. So a lot of times, and maybe sometimes with unexplained, they'll do some medicated cycles, but they had done enough testing where it seemed like, um, I was ovulating regularly and all of that, uh, where, and just, I think some different other factors too, maybe, but where that wasn't a recommended step for us. Um, so it was just recommended to jump right into the IUIs. And so that's what we did. And I feel like you, you kind of, you guys did three IUIs and an IVF, which we breezed past that. Like it's, it's just, well, one month we did this and the next month we did this, but there's (laughs) like, there's a lot of months in between those cycles that you have the prep and medications and, um, you know, God forbid any, any delays because of complications, but you guys just really barreled through a lot of that, right? You, that wasn't, I mean, you took that little break in between your IUIs and your IVFs, but overall you did a lot in a short period of time, right? We did. Yeah. The IUIs, we pretty much did, um, we like, yeah, three months in a row. We actually, our first one, we had like an attempted IUI, but then I overstimulated. And um, so that ended up being canceled. So technically Mm -hmm. it was like, we almost, I mean, we didn't do four IUIs. We did, but we like had started a four, but (laughs) yes. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, we, yeah, the three IUIs, we kind of just went boom, boom, boom. And then, but yeah, we felt like, um, we, I think we could have done, we would have needed to take just with the clinic scheduling. I think we would have needed to take at least a couple months break before we did IVF, but I feel like we took an extra maybe month or Mm -hmm. two just to have a little bit longer of a break, just to try naturally again for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot like the appointments and going in for monitoring and it's a lot on your body. It's a lot emotionally. So I felt we just, felt really good about about that decision to um yeah, yeah take a little bit of a longer break in between well you seem very you seem very even and very positive but what was there had to be some moments in all of that I mean that's a lot of appointments people don't understand that before you go into that that's that's a lot of scheduling of doctor's appointments and meds and IVF. That's another thing. We always are like, well, we did an IVF round. That takes months to do a round. Like it's, it's a long process. Um, so what, what was kind of the, what was the hardest part through that whole journey of the, the really that, really that second year on, because that's when all the, all the treatments started. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, the treatments were challenging in some ways. I know, um, you know, some women have a lot more issues than, than we did or with some of that, but it was a lot, just a lot to do all the scheduling, all the appointments. Um, but there was a lot of hope and like, all right, what's going to, what's going to happen here. And so that helped to get us through that. But I mean, I think the unknown was really, that was just the toughest. Like you want to, I want everyone, you want to know <laughs> what's going to happen, right? Like, is this IUI going to work? Should we do this? Should we wait another month? Is you know, like, should we do IVF or should we try more IUIs or try naturally You know, all those things? And that unknown is just so tough. And then in the midst of it, I know I mentioned before, but continuing to see others getting pregnant, um, 
so easily and, and friends. And then, um, you know, it's like you're happy for them, but then you're also sad for you. And then feeling guilty, like, oh, I shouldn't be sad. Like, but it's, that's normal. So if anyone's out there too, that's experiencing that, like it, I want, I just want to say that doesn't make you a bad person. If you see a pregnancy announcement and feel sad, I mean, we can still be happy for the people that, um, that have the great news and celebrate with them. And that's what we're called to do. But it's also okay and normal to feel sad because it just reminds you of what you don't have. And, Mm -hmm. and if God put that desire on your heart, you know, like that's, that's normal to be sad. And there is brokenness and heartache in our world. So that doesn't, doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make us bad people. If, if, um, yeah, yeah, if that brings up some grieving emotions, so that, but again, yes, just that unknown, like, what do we do? But it, we just kept going um, back to prayer, back to scripture. And, um, but it, it, it was hard. It, it, it for sure was hard, <laughs> hard season. So, um, so I guess prayer and scripture is what you said, what you would say got you through that, that season of waiting and that community. Yeah. Yeah. The community. Yes. I mean, God and his word. And then yes, the people that God put in our life and some it was seeking out people like how I reached out to Chelsea um you know she wouldn't have known me or known and and um because I think we can say all right God bring people into my life and he will and he can do that but sometimes we have to take that action step too for sure and um so so yes the people that um that came into my life because of that I think too getting through it was um just talking to my husband a lot and having open communication lines between the two of us, because I think from from so many people that I've heard from and talked to, it's different for um, the man and the woman going through infertility a lot of times, because it just is. And, and with the woman, you're the one wanting to actually get pregnant and um, have that baby and um, and the mothering instincts. I'm not sure exactly, but I just heard from different people. So just the way we would process it, like I would cry a lot and my husband wouldn't cry as much. And like, so having that open communication though, where we could talk about it um, because we Mm -hmm. both wanted the same, same thing so badly. And so to remember like, Hey, we're in this together and supporting each other in the ways that we needed to be supported was so good. And, um, a specific verse that was really helpful for me, especially kind of the second half, like once we started treatments, I really started um, clinging to this verse and would say it often to myself as Romans 12, 12, which is be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. So that was mm-hmm. just like my prayer. And that is like a guidebook for fertility. <laughs> it is. Yes. And it's like, oh, I, it's easy to lose hope after month, after month, after month of nothing and even year after year. And, um, but we can be joyful and, and I love, I I love this ministry that you're doing by the way. And I just love, um, love the name of your podcast too, the joy and infertility. And cause it's possible to have joy Mm -hmm. because of God, because of Jesus, no matter our circumstances. Um, and we can be joyful in the hope that we have in Jesus and knowing that God has a plan even when we don't know what it is. And then, um, patient and and waiting well um, in this in that season too. Actually, it was like while we were going through treatments, um, 
I co-authored a devotional study with Chelsea was one of the co-authors too. There are five of us women, um, a devotional Bible study about being in seasons of weight. And where is that available? On Amazon. Just being a part of that too, like came through kind of my connection with Chelsea. And it was, um, it was really, even as I was writing, we're going through, and I didn't really write much about infertility actually in the study. Um, Chelsea did share more about, about it in her, the sections she wrote. Um, but it was so helpful for me because as I was writing, it's like, yes, God, like these are the things you've been teaching me, but I also am learning these things as I'm writing them and remembering them. Mm, and good. yeah, just because we're all, we're all a work in progress. We're all constantly learning. And um, yeah, so seeing the waiting season as a time where, God can work in big ways in and through me and not wasting the waiting, um, but really like finding ways to wait well and, um, and see God working and allowing him because it's easy to, to get frustrated and to, and to just kind of close ourselves off to that. Um, um, if we have faith to just say, okay, God, why aren't you doing this? But he wants to be a part of it. And when he is, he can turn the most challenging times into some really beautiful, mm -hmm. amazing things. So um, yes. allowing God to do that, I think, is another huge thing that got us through and really just finding, you know, there's believing even while we were in the wait. Now it's easy to say after the fact, but even while we were in the wait, remembering and seeing the things, I'm like, God, I can see that you're doing these amazing things. I can see that you're bringing my husband and like uh, me and my husband closer together. I can see that you're strengthening different friendships and um, bringing different friends and community into my life. I can see um, you strength, God, I can see you strengthening my faith and um, just working in me in great ways through this. So what would you say, and you might've just answered it, but what's been the biggest, the biggest shift in your perspective from before, you know, when you were in the weight versus now, do you feel like that season Obviously, it did a lot in you. What was what's what's the biggest change that you've noticed? It did. I think it's that um, a deeper understanding of just how God is with us in our struggles, and He wants to hold our hand. He will carry us through, and we can hand our burdens, those over to him and, and he will take them. And these things, cause you hear about these things and you'll, or you'll worry, like, obviously I'd heard about infertility before we got pregnant and, um, we didn't again, have reason to think we would have issues, but of course, like I at least kind of thought of like, Oh, that would be so hard. I can't even imagine like how people get through that. Or when we started trying the first couple months, I'm like, I can't even imagine having tried for a year going through fertility treatments that fail and, and how, how I can't even get through this right now. How would I get through that? But it's like, God doesn't give us the strength, the grace, the peace that we need to get through our worries, our what ifs. He gives us what we need to get through that moment. So sitting and, and worrying about the future that is not helpful. And it's, and it's hard. It's really hard to, to do. It's something I'm still working on and I have to remind myself of, of often, but seeing the ways that God got us through that has been so helpful. And I think another perspective thing that I'm thankful for is just 
um, I mean, I, I don't want to say other pe- women who haven't gone through infertility aren't grateful to be mothers because I think they are, um, I, you know, like they are and realize what a gift their children are for sure. So definitely not saying that. But I think um, for me, it does give me this different kind of appreciation that I might not have otherwise had. So motherhood, it's still hard and challenging, um, but it's it's amazing too. And even in those hard and challenging times, remembering the waiting and um, the praying and, and so that perspective as well. And then the amount of um, the amount of empathy that, that I'm able to have for people who are going through it, having gone through it because every, everyone's story of course is a little bit different, but, Knowing what that ache to be a mom, what that ache feels like to be a mom, and it's just not happening. Um, so just having that understanding of that, I think, is something that that I'm grateful for because um, I have been able to to talk with other friends and um, other women who are going through it, and and hopefully have been able to. Um, I pray that I've been an encouragement to them at least. And that's something that if we hadn't, if we hadn't gone through this, that I wouldn't been able to do. So, or or like Chelsea, like she, oh goodness, you know, has gone through so much, but the, um, the amount of women that she's been able to help and her helping me, it's just, wow. So, yeah. mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the fact that the girl who encouraged you recommended you to encourage others, I think that's a pretty (laughs) big testament to the fact that you are an encouragement to others. So. Well, what, so speaking of encouragement, what would, (laughs) what would, what would you want to say to everyone listening today? That's, you know, obviously people that are listening are still right smack in the thick of, of the hard days because they're listening to this podcast. And so what would you say to them to encourage them? Yeah. Um, so a verse that has been, um, helpful for, helpful for me even, um, now lately and that I've loved for a long time, but it's First Peter 5, 7. Give your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. And it's just, and there's so many um, verses in the Bible that remind us to do this, to um, you know, cast our anxieties on Him. And um, I love, uh, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation of prayer and petition, thanksgiving, give your requests to God, and you know, He'll give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. And and, you know, like we hear those verses and it's easy to say, it's so much harder to do, right? To lean on God. But the reality is, is we were never meant to carry these kinds of burdens alone. That is not, that's not what we're created for. And we might need to hand our worries, our anxieties, our what ifs, all of that over to God every day, maybe multiple times a day. Right, but yes. <laughs> he, yes, every time we turn to him with the, those cares that we have, he will be there. He's right there, waiting for us, even when we don't. I mean, we you know can't can't maybe obviously see him or hear him audibly, but he is there, and he wants to speak to us if we'll be quiet enough to listen. He wants to pick up and carry this load that is so, so heavy that we're just trudging around with and he'll carry that. And if we need he'll carry us too. And he will, um, 
he will sustain he'll sustain us he'll he, he will sustain you he'll get he'll get you through and um, we just need to lean on him because he's there and um, one thing that um, I struggle for years have struggled with anxiety too and it's still a struggle for me so one thing that I try to do uh, I'll notice when I'm when I'm especially anxious or hanging on to something and not handing my worries over like God calls us to I'll clench my fists and I'll um, so I'll try to as I'm praying as I'm trying to give my worries to God like literally open my hands up to God because I think that physical mm-hmm. act of doing that along with the pray uh, along with praying and handing it over that's just that's been helpful for me too just handing handing those like I'm all right here you go God <laughs> handing those worries right yeah. up to you so he can just yep pick them right up out of my hand and um, so that's, so that's been helpful for me and, um, hopefully maybe can be helpful for someone else, but just a reminder, uh, to that God is the author of all things good and he can take our brokenness and take, um, take our hurts and turn them into something just even more beautiful than we could ever imagine. And I've seen God do that in my own life over and over and over in different seasons, Mm -hmm. in different ways, and seen him do that for others. So, you know, he can do that for you, for whoever is listening to, and he wants to do that if we'll allow him in and let him, let him work in us. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. I know that your story is just going to encourage so many people in your heart for just leaning into Jesus and allowing him to sustain us through this process is going to be just an encouragement to those listening. Yeah. Thank you, Keely. Thank you for having me. And you're not alone in this. If you're out there, there's so many women who have gone through it and mostly you're not alone because of God. He's right there for us, for you. This past month for my circle personally has had some really sweet moments and some really hard moments. Two of my close friends welcomed their brand new baby girls, and two other close friends of mine got really heartbreaking and disappointing news with their fertility diagnoses. My prayer for you is the same I'm praying over them. Amanda said it so well. Lord Jesus, take our hurts and our brokenness and turn them into something even more beautiful than we can ever imagine. You are in control and we trust you. I know we're going in the holiday season, which can be such a huge trigger for so many walking through infertility, but I want to encourage you to spend some time praying this month leading up to Thanksgiving and Christmas and ask God to make himself and his peace so real to you. And as always, thank you for listening and sharing the podcast. If you haven't subscribed and rated the podcast on iTunes, make sure to do that so we can reach more women who are walking this lonely road of infertility. And make sure you're following us on Instagram so you can stay up to date with new episodes and see the resources that we share there. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Join Infertility podcast. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Whatever you're facing this week, remember, God is with you. He sees your heart. He loves you and He is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.